liturgically. This is the first Sunday of Christmastide, the season when we celebrate the birth of Christ. Until just a couple of days ago, we were celebrating the season of Advent when we prepare for Christ's coming. And we know all of this, but in truth, I think we are already moving on. We are incredibly tired of COVID. The kids and the grandkids have already tired of some of their new toys. We are busy contemplating returning the gifts that need to be returned. If we've not started putting away the decorations, we're thinking about doing so. Our focus and our thinking has in large part shifted to the new year, and we want to be ready to hit the ground running. In this context, the scripture lessons this morning are a bit of a surprise, for they invite us to stop and praise God. Indeed, there are many reasons to praise God, even in the midst of a COVID pandemic. We can praise God for air to breathe, water to drink, food to eat. We can praise God for the freedom that we enjoy. We can praise God for our families and for the joy of friendship. The list of reasons to praise God is virtually endless. And the lessons this morning invite us to focus on three of the many reasons to praise God. The greatness of God, particularly as revealed in creation, the incredible gift of life, and the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. The psalmist invites creation, all of creation, the heavens, the angels, and all God's hosts to praise God. Sun, moon, and stars are to praise God. Sea monsters, the mountains and the hills, the trees and the wild animals and the birds, and even insects are to praise God. Kings and all people, men and women, the young and the old, are to praise God. Indeed, we know that we are to praise God, and we do. But I suspect that our view of God may not be big enough. This is particularly true when we consider the universe which God has created. The size of the universe is simply mind-boggling. Scientists estimate that the visible universe is 93 billion light-years across. The speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. To try to get a perspective on this, the moon is approximately 250,000 miles from the earth. Light covers that distance in less than two seconds. In a minute at the speed of light, you would cover 11,160,000 miles In an hour at the speed of light, you would cover 669,600,000 miles. In a 24-hour day, light travels far enough that my calculator can't display the distance, 
and goes into scientific notation. According to Google, in a year, light travels approximately six trillion miles. And in a billion years, in round figures, light travels six with 21 zeros behind it. And in 93 billion light years, in round figures, light travels approximately six with 23 zeros behind it. It's a distance and a size that is really beyond our ability to comprehend. And yet, God in God's grace and God's glory and God's greatness has created all of it. God is great beyond our wildest imaginings. To get an idea of the size and splendor of God's creation, I would encourage you this afternoon to look up pictures of the universe from the Hubble telescope. And as you look at them, consider that those of us alive right now are the first human beings to see these things in this kind of detail. And these images only scratch the surface of the greatness and the enormity of God's creation. Indeed, God is great and greatly to be praised. But God is not just bigger than we can truly conceive. God is in the smallest details of creation. Consider the human genome. A genome is the complete set of DNA instructions that guide the formation of life for every organism. The human genome contains approximately three billion of the base pairs, which reside in 23 pairs of chromosomes within the nucleus of all of ourselves. And each of these chromosomes contains hundreds to thousands of genes which carry the instructions for making protein. When you consider that scientists estimate that the human body is made up of 32.7 trillion cells, and that each of these cells contain these 23 pairs of chromosomes and the complex genetic information they contain, you begin to grasp the complexity of our creation as human beings. God is incredibly great, far beyond our ability to fully grasp, and God is to be greatly praised. The second thing that we are to praise God for is the wonderful gift of life. The gift of our lives, as the human genome makes clear, is an incredibly complex and intricate gift. Genesis puts it quite basically and simply, God created us in the image of God, male and female. Now, not only does God give us life, God gives us everything necessary to sustain life. God gives us air to breathe, air which has just the right amount of oxygen to sustain us. God gives us water to drink, 
the ecosystem of the planet continually replenishes that fresh water. Through the ecosystems that God created, we are given food to eat that we might sustain our lives. And through that same ecosystem, God provides us with the elements that we can use to make shelter, to provide for ourselves. One of the greatest gifts that God has given us is the gift of procreation. God entrusts us with the ability to bring life into the world. And part of the evidence of God's incredible wisdom is that God places us in families at least until we are partially capable of caring for ourselves. Obviously, there are great differences between families and the way in which families prepare children for life in the world. But even when this is less than desirable, it is here that we learn to love and care for others. And it is here that we begin to learn the value of community and cooperation, that together we can accomplish things that we could never do alone. It is in families that we begin to learn the difference between right and wrong that enables us to live as civilized societies. And God has given us minds capable of incredible learning, including the amazing ability to communicate with each other, One of the greatest blessings we enjoy is the gift of spoken and written language. It is in large part these gifts that enable the technological and medical advances that both sustain and enrich our lives and that enable us to create a vaccine that will begin to stop the pandemic that is ravaging our world. And God has created us very similar, and yet with incredible diversity. Not only are there different races and languages, we have incredibly diverse gifts that we bring to the world. Some have the gift of music that can lift our spirits and cause them to soar. Others have artistic ability that enables them to create things of great beauty. Others have mechanical aptitude. They simply look at something and immediately understand not only how it works, but how it might be improved. Still others have great emotional intelligence and know how to bring healing where there is deep hurt and how to bring peace where there is division and conflict. God gives us the incredible gift of life, and then God invites us to take part in caring for God's creation. Genesis and many other places in Scripture make it clear that we are to care for and to nurture creation, to make our lives truly rich, God invites us to participate in God's work in the world. Throughout the scriptures, God consistently shows special concern for the poor and the outcast. And thus we are to praise God by making God's rule in the world real 
by doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with our God. We are to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us. And paradoxically, when we do, instead of losing our lives, we find them, and we find that this new life is rich and fulfilling beyond our wildest dreams. Praise God. God is great beyond our wildest imaginings. Praise God for the incredible and intricate gift of life. Even in the midst of our grief at the loss of life the pandemic is causing, we need to praise God that nothing can separate us from the love and the grace of God. Praise God for the sheer enormity of creation and its awe-inspiring beauty and complexity. God is great beyond our wildest dreams. And as awe-inspiring of all of, the, uh, all of this is, the greatest reason to praise God is the incredible gift of the Incarnation in our Lord Jesus Christ. In Christ, God became one of us to forgive our sins and teach us how to live fully human lives. Christmas, the birth of Christ, is far more than a sentimental once-a-year holiday when people go on their best behavior for a few days before things go back to normal. As God revealed to Simon and Anna in the Gospel lesson, the birth of Christ is God bringing God's salvation into the world. Christmas is the story of the radical coming of our incredibly great God into the world where we live, a world where there is war and famine, political unrest, injustice, poverty, illness, even pandemics, hatred, jealousy, and greed. A world where there is both a fear that things will change and a very deep longing for things to be different. Christmas is far more than the babe in the manger. Christmas is the celebration of the Incarnation. In the flesh and blood human being Jesus of Nazareth, God himself was uniquely present in the world. Jesus is far more than just a great teacher for us to listen to. He is much more than a great moral example for us to follow. He is far more than the, simply the founder of the church. To encounter Jesus and to come to know him is to encounter and know God Almighty. The ordinary processes of life simply cannot explain Jesus. The only possible explanation is that he is the Son of God. To borrow words from Shirley Guthrie, Christmas means the deity of the man, Jesus. He is God with us. But it also means the humanity of God, 
this incredibly great God stoops to and identifies himself with the cause of humanity becoming a human being. God didn't reveal God's self to us as some kind of a superhero or an angel, but as a flesh and blood human being. And in doing so, God again put God's stamp of approval on human life. Christmas means that what God wills is not just the salvation of our souls, but the renewal of our flesh and blood humanity, that we might become all that God intends us to be. Christmas means the exaltation of human life, but it also means, at least from one perspective, the humiliation of God. Christmas means that this great God that is beyond our ability to imagine is not too proud to leave the splendor of heaven and participate in everyday human life. God does not sacrifice God's divine power in participating in earthly human life. Rather, God accomplishes God's will in weakness as well as strength by sacrificing God's self as well as exercising God's power. Christmas means the almighty creator of the universe, this incredibly great God, stooping down and becoming one of us. If we really want to see what Christmas means, and if we want to see Christ at work, the best place to look is at the margins of society, among the poor and the oppressed, those labeled as sinners or outcasts or worthless. For that is where Christ's work is most obvious, and it is where he spent much of his time in his earthly ministry. Even in the midst of COVID and all of the pain that it has and is causing, even in the midst of the political unrest we are experiencing, even in the midst of the economic downturn and the pain of unemployment, there is so much to praise God for. God, the creator of the universe, is bigger and greater than our wildest imaginings. This incredible God has given us the wonderfully complex gift of life, the ability to communicate and to learn and to participate with God as co-creators. And best of all, God has given us the gift of God's self in the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we might, by grace through faith, become the human beings God intends us to be. Indeed, we need to stop and to praise God. Amen.